Humanitarian groups have been warning that if more aid doesn't flow into Gaza, the hunger will kill people. But that aid has become a flashpoint. Aid trucks are being slowed by bureaucracy. And now for more than a week, protesters in Israel have tried with some success to block trucks from entering Gaza. NPR's Ader Peralta reports on how essential food has become political. Kerem Shalom is just across the border from Gaza. Today, aid trucks sit idle on the Israeli side of a massive concrete wall. About 100 people are chanting, don't give aid to rapists, don't give aid to butchers. For three days in a row, they threw themselves in front of trucks to keep them from entering Gaza. Like many protesters here, Rachel Tuitu sees no difference between Hamas, the militant group responsible for the attack that killed some 1,200 people in Israel last year, and the two million Palestinians who are trying to survive the constant Israeli bombardment in the Gaza Strip. I asked Tuitu if she doesn't think about the innocent civilians. Should I have mercy on, on the children of today who will be the, the terrorists of tomorrow? Those words mirror how the Israeli government initially talked about aid. At the beginning of the war, Israel's defense minister, Yoav Gallant, ordered a complete siege of Gaza. No electricity, no fuel, everything is closed, he said. We are fighting human animals, and we are acting accordingly. 27,000 Palestinians have been killed since the war began, according to Gaza's health ministry. The UN has warned all along that the situation is so dire, Gaza could tip into famine. Israel lifted the total siege, and for a brief period during a ceasefire in November, it allowed in more aid trucks. As international pressure mounted, the Israeli government softened its language. It said it hasn't been limiting aid and that there is no hunger in Gaza. But Miriam Marmor of Gisha, an Israeli organization that advocates for the freedom of movement of Palestinians, says the data shows otherwise. Since the war started about four months ago, about 10,000 trucks have made it into Gaza. And that's more or less equivalent to what had been going in per month prior to the war. Just a quarter of what used to get in before the war. The Israeli military didn't return our request for comment, but Israel has blamed aid groups for the bottleneck. Marmor says the government limits what kind of aid is allowed, where it should be bought, how it should be transported. All of these things impact aid operations and impact a person in Gaza who needs food. To Alex Deval, a professor at Tufts University who studies mass starvation, this sounds familiar. During its civil war, Ethiopia erected a de facto blockade on the region of Tigray. For two years, the government insisted there was no hunger and that it wasn't limiting aid. The numbers showed otherwise. The international community protested, and experts warned of an imminent famine. Deval says the civil war in Ethiopia changed the discourse on hunger in conflict. One thing that was sort of learned by those who inflict famine is that you can get away with it. The international community couldn't stop it. Scientists estimate some 30,000 Ethiopians died because of malnutrition. Back at the border crossing with Gaza, I meet Noga Alfasa. In October, her uncle was killed and her aunt was kidnapped by Hamas. She died shortly after and her body is still in Gaza. I'm here not because I want to starve a nation, but the only time that we had hostages returned, the only card that we have to play here is that of humanitarian aid. Alfasa says it is painful to think that her actions here could hurt a family in Gaza, but she says she's also seen images on TV of Palestinians celebrating Israeli losses. 
If a blockade inflicts just enough suffering for them to reject Hamas, she says, it may just stop more suffering in the future. Ada Peralta, NPR News, Kerem Shalom in southern Israel.